Welcome to Strength for Today's Pastor, conversations with current senior pastors and leaders which will strengthen and help you in your pastoral ministry. And now, here's your host, Bill Holdridge of Poyman Ministries. Welcome to podcast number 147. Today, I'm with Pastor Paul Laboudier, who is the founding pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ontario, Oregon, a church which began in December of 1990. Paul is known as a practical, filled with wisdom, Bible teacher, dedicated to teaching the whole counsel of God. And Paul, welcome to the program. One of the things I appreciate about you and your teaching style is you don't teach just from the Bible, you teach the Bible. You know, I don't know if you thought of yourself that way, but that's the way I see you anyway. Yeah, you know, I never really thought about it. I, I felt like it was just like, well, there's the Bible. I'm just going <laughs> to, I felt like I was trying to do what Pastor Chuck had done and shown us the example of doing. And and uh, that's just the way it always came out. Yeah, and, and the people in our fellowships, they walk away thinking, man, I've learned more uh, of the Bible and its message in a yeah. month than I did in a year in my previous church. And oftentimes that's the comment that guys like you, I'm sure, yeah. receive. Yes, very often. Yeah. Well, um, Paul, for you that are listening to this, was with us twice in the early days of this podcast. He did episode 23 with us, which was entitled, What About Pastoral Counseling? And I thought that was very unique spin on it, and I, and I felt like it was very helpful for a lot of guys. And then podcast 27, Maintaining Unity Among Church Leadership. Very crucial, because a lot of churches fall apart because there is no unity in church leadership. So thanks for those podcast episodes. But you, Paul, recently announced that you have published your first book. And yeah. and you did it in such a way as that I could feel on the other end of the email your excitement about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I, I am excited. I'm still excited. It's, it's fun to... Uh have that uh, finally under my belt, oh, I guess. That's great. Well, congratulations. And uh, by the way, and the book goes by the title, Pastor, I Have a Question. So that's what we're going to talk about today is the writing of this book and what we're intending to have happen. What I'm intending to have happen is that pastors who have a book in them and are led by the Holy Spirit to do a book would be encouraged to do just that. And, uh, and as well, you know, just expose... Uh, everyone to the this book that Paul has written. Please tell us about how, how the book came to be, the reason for it, the process for it. I think it's pretty interesting. Well, it, it really just began as a way of answering questions that were coming in by email over the course of months and years. Um, I've fielded quite a, quite a few Bible-related questions, questions not only about the Bible, but about the Christian life and so forth. And during that period of time, I began to recognize the similarity between certain questions that people were asking. If they weren't identical, they were very close. So I thought, you know, I'm going to start putting down my answers in, a, in an online blog, which I started, just a free Google blog. It was nothing special, but it gave me the opportunity to point people to uh, answers that I had been able to really kind of think through, you know, and, and share some some biblical insights uh, as as it relates to those particular questions, and that was you know that was very helpful. Well, 
over the years, that blog grew and grew and grew, and, and there was well over 100 questions and answers that was, uh, that was there. So a friend of mine who I had met uh, online, uh, who is very much into literature and writing, uh, encouraged me at one point to take that blog and put it into book form. And she ended up becoming the editor that we used for the book and took us about two years. And in the course of that time, of course, there were more questions and answers that came in. So uh, the book ended up answering or featuring, I should say, more than 150 uh, Bible questions. So uh, that's how it all came about. So she took the, the manuscript, which was basically the collection of questions, and you've organized mm -hmm. it in a certain format so that you categorize your questions into, I think, 19 categories, right, of questions? Yeah, you know, something like that. We, we felt like we needed to kind of bring some kind of a topical uh, outline to the questions that, that needed to be coupled together so that people could more readily find them and that sort of thing. And that's the way we organized it in the book. You know, when we first started putting the book together, uh, we we came up with a basic manuscript, and we then ordered uh, a proof copy of the book. I started paging through it, and I thought, this isn't good enough. This isn't going to be uh, easy for people to use as a resource. So we kind of went back to the drawing board in terms of how we were going to lay it all out. And that's when we came up with uh, the topical index that you find at the beginning of the book, questions about God, questions about the Bible, questions about Jesus, questions about uh, Satan, questions about uh, the Old Testament law, uh, so on and so on. And then when you get to those topical areas of the book, there's a secondary table of contents that gives you the actual page number that relates to each question in that topic. So it was just a way of trying to make it more user-friendly. And, and it, that's helpful to, to know that because that's what it needs to be, is right, user-friendly. It has to be clear what a person is opening yeah. up and starting to dive into. It's the kind of book that... Well, you, I, yeah, I... Go ahead. Yeah. I, I knew that this was going to be a resource book yeah. rather than uh, a read-through from front to back sort of a book. And so to make it more... Um, usable. It needed to have a, a guideline to it that, that helped people get to where they needed to go quickly. One of the things I like about that you've written this book as your, as your first book, and I'm sure there are going to be more later. I hope there are anyway. But uh, it, yeah, it's a book that answers questions. And, and I'm, I'm thinking of myself years ago thinking, if somebody said to me, why don't you write a book? I'm, I'm thinking, what do I have to write a book about? You know, uh, And you yeah, said in yeah. your, in your uh, writings that you don't consider yourself a Bible scholar. You're a Bible teacher. And you very humbly yeah. uh, stated that there are others who write books that answer Bible questions, those kinds of things. And you give them credit as, as those are worthy endeavors indeed. But you, you're the one that answered those questions. You're the one that dived into the research to answer those questions. And so that qualified you. Uh, encourage the, <laughs> encourage the pastor that may be thinking the same way I would have been thinking years ago. 
Yeah, I think I think most of us just kind of look at ourselves like, well, you know, it's, I'm I'm me. I'm a I'm a pastor. I'm a Bible teacher. And what you know, there's so many other scholars. There's so many other people out there doing this sort of a thing. Why would this be even remotely useful? But, you know, it's it's the word of God that's useful. And that's the thing I think we have to come to terms with is that we're sharing a, a, a wonderful resource of information that is alive and life giving and will set people free. And whatever way we can get the word out, uh, let's do it. Well, along that subject, getting the word out. So you you during the pandemic and even before the pandemic, your YouTube channel started exploding you know, from your church's yeah. website, and and it just grew exponentially. It's off the charts. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and we have the question, how do we get the word out about this? And, and, and we don't want to be self-promoting, but yet it's the word of God. So, yeah, we want to promote the word of God. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and, the, and like you mentioned, the pandemic, that created opportunities for people to get into the word like probably nothing before yeah. in or, or at least in many many years and people found themselves with a lot more time on their hands to get into the bible many of them wanted to see if the bible had something to say or insights to give them about the pandemic and so that generated a lot of questions a lot of bible research and investigation and um i found the questions that were coming to me uh, were just absolutely uh, incredible. I mean, the, the just the sheer number of people that were looking into the Word of God and trying to make sense of life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a very unique opportunity. I think for all of us as as Bible teachers to be able to encourage people in the wisdom of God during that mm. time. You know, I'm excited in my heart hearing that, uh, Paul, because you know I'm sure you have been too. But I've been praying for a revival for years, and sure. our generation was much more biblically literate than today's upcoming generation. And, sure. and to hear that people use the pandemic and, and those kinds of things as an opportunity to actually seriously read the Bible and think about it, that could be yeah. a really important seed for revival, I would think. Yeah, it really could. I, I like you, I, I, I pray for that revival as well. And I have to confess, I don't know if that's going to happen, you know, in my lifetime or yours. But I'll tell you, there there are personal revivals going Absolutely. on around the world. There are individuals who are being revived by the Holy Spirit and who are being awakened from a long spiritual slumber. And I'll tell you, it has just been one of the great privileges of my life to be a part of those individual revivals. We really need to talk to each other, not just you and I, but pastors to pastors about this because it sure. keeps us keeps us focused on what we're doing and, and keeps us yep. motivated to continue to do it. I think it's really, really important. Uh, to be realizing that the Lord is using his word by the Spirit to impact people in profound ways, very profound ways. Yeah. We're seeing it here where we Absolutely. live in, in south, southern Nevada. Uh, there's awakening going on in, in this particular small yes. little fellowship that's becoming bigger because of it. People want to know what's going on there. Yes. And I know the same thing's yes. happening in Ontario. Yeah, and, and you know, we have some opportunities in our day and age that uh, Bible teachers and believers in the past didn't have, one of which, of course, is the internet, which 
obviously can be used for great darkness, but can be used also uh, by the Lord uh, to set people free from that darkness. So, you know, it, it's something we need to take advantage mm-hmm. of. Uh, talk a little bit about the the publishing aspect of it. You decided to publish through Amazon, and so you have a, yeah. a hard copy version, which is a softback, but you also have a Kindle version. So it was first turned yeah. into a a Kindle version, I'm supposing, and then from there turned into the to the paperback. Is that how it went? Yeah, roughly. I mean, we we uh, submitted the manuscripts for both the the Kindle version and the paperback at the same time. It just takes longer for the paperback uh, to go through kind of an approval process uh, with Kindle. So it's called Kindle Direct Publishing, and it's essentially a means of self-publishing your book rather than having to sell it to a publisher and get their approval and so forth. You essentially go through the process yourself. And it's quite easy. Um, and, and I was so fortunate the way things came together to have um, a wonderful editor that Janine Panita uh, was and is. Uh, in fact, we're starting to work on a second Yay. book. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and her brother just happened to be uh, an artistic designer who put together the front cover uh, of the book uh, that I published. And um, the the front cover photo happened to come from a gal who uh, listens online from Florida, and I was uh, perusing some of her beautiful pictures and asked permission to use one as the front cover, and so it just all came together so beautifully. But um, Amazon gives pastors a wonderful resource to be able to publish a book quite easily, and then to uh, they do all of the printing and distribution for you, and your book is literally available on a worldwide scale. So that's wonderful. I got a picture just the other day from a gal in Germany who took a picture of herself holding my book, saying it arrived. <laughs> you know, and how thrilling was that? You know, to see that I didn't even have to do anything. I just I wrote the book, I published it, and Amazon takes care of making sure it gets around the world. Okay, so the difficulty level of actually doing self-publishing with Kindle Direct Publishing, um, I played with that. In fact, I, I was involved in, in producing a book as well. I was a little bit of an author in it, but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure if I was doing it right. And, and, and I sent it back, yeah. and there were several you know, back-and-forth revisions that I wanted them to make, sure. and they did them and that kind of stuff. So. Uh-huh. Honestly, I mean, I, I know you're telling me the truth, but how hard is it? How hard was it for you? Did you do it yourself or did Janine well, do it? The formatting. Well, we, it, 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 oh, the formatting. Yeah. It was a, Janine actually did the actual formatting. And then I, it was a collaborative uh, effort as far as how we wanted okay. it formatted. My wife actually spoke a lot into that formatting process as well, because she's quite good at that. We, um, we got a subscription to a an online program called Atticus. And Atticus is um, where you can actually do the composing of your book. You can do the formatting. And then Atticus is built in such a way that you can download then uh, what they call the EPUB file that Amazon takes to then use as the manuscript for the final print. So that's the way we went about it. I, I actually composed my book in Google Documents. Uh, we then uploaded or copied much of it into Atticus, 
and then saved it and sent it on to Amazon. So Atticus automatically formatted it in the in the format that Kindle wanted, right? Because I know that when I did it, uh, they were saying, if you want to use a Word file, Microsoft yeah. Word, then this is what you need to do. And I found it pretty cumbersome, but Atticus makes it a lot easier, yeah. right? At, they do. They give you a lot of different templates that you can just kind of pour your words into and it's it's preset and if you like the templates the way they are um it, it's super simple if you want to do a little bit of customizing to those templates it gets a little bit trickier but still there's um it's a great resource to use and and Atticus as a subscription is one of those things where you pay a one-time charge and you have a lifetime subscription oh, wow. uh, to the program okay. yeah it's very that's, cool that's a good bit of information right there and I can't, I yeah. cannot help but think of Atticus Finch and and and, and the, to kill the <laughs> mockingbird right now. I wonder if there's any connection between that. I, I wonder if that's where that's it came funny. from. That's pretty funny. Okay, so let's jump from there, Paul. I, I I would like to have you share a little bit more about encouraging things that would help pastors think about writing a book if the Lord so directs them in that area. Yeah. You know what's needed. I mean, you have a you had a great you have a great editor. She's very interested. She's involved in what you're writing. She was the one that right. encouraged you. That I would think that's huge. A great theme, yeah. a, a target audience, perhaps is that important? Uh, maybe talk about some of those things. Well, you know, I I really think that if a pastor is going to consider putting together a book, obviously it should grow out of what he's doing. I mean, the passion and the love that he has for the Word of God and just what uh, he's he's doing in front of the people. I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure that a, a book should be a departure from his regular ministry. I think it should be an extension or uh, and should grow out of that, that ministry. And uh, so it becomes this kind of organic expression of just what I'm doing. This is, this is what the Lord has me doing. And as I talk to more and more pastors myself, I, I see that, that the Lord gives different guys a, a different emphasis mm -hmm. of, of what they really want to kind of really specialize in, you know, and uh, whatever that may be, whether it's uh, last day's uh, information or dealing with the, the life of the Gospels or uh, Old Testament studies, whatever it is, whatever the Lord has kind of given them a passion for, oh, there's, a, there's an audience out there uh, that is hungry to understand more about what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So now the book is published and it's available on Amazon. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But okay. um, what, are, what are ways, what are keys to get this out uh, into the world, you know, so that people know that such a book ex exists. Amazon has hundreds of thousands of books in their in their yeah. self-published library. So, uh, yeah, what have you done? Well, Kindle Direct Publishing does have some promotional tools that you can tie into that will help you create like a promotional page for your book. We didn't do that. We're basically just doing promotion within our own fellowship. We're doing it on our YouTube channel and on our church Facebook okay. page. And, and so those are the, uh, the, the mediums that we're using right now to get the word out. So the, uh, the YouTube channel, is this the same channel that your sermons are, are produced in? Okay, yes, and then correct. you just categorize them differently. This, this is connected to the book. Pastor, I have a question. Well, actually, Sue and I do 
a, a monthly live Q&A where we field questions that come in in the preceding month. And then we go through and take about an hour to uh, answer those. And so we've been using the Q&A experience as an opportunity to then promote okay. the book at the All end right, of that. Good. I'm glad you're doing that. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So um, <laughs> maybe in the future you might write something else like a memoir or or a, or a romance novel with your wife. Or <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? I, I'm actually working on a, on a manuscript right now that is about uh, and, and it's another thing that I'm kind of passionate about, but. Um, it, it's all about how people kind of let go of certain aspects or keys to the Word of God and then begin to drift off course in their relationship with the Lord and their understanding of salvation. And so I, I'm working on this second book, which is all about uh, keys to staying on course. Okay, excellent. So in your book, here's some of the, uh, the questions that you answer in the book. Uh, if I'm really saved, why do I keep sinning? That's yeah. a good question, and boy, That's a somebody's theological construct or, is going to help determine in a good way or a bad way how they actually yeah. resolve that problem. Uh, do children who die go to heaven? That's a common question. Very and common. I'm not going to do a spoiler alert here and, 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 and uh, give people insight on how you answered it. They need to buy the book to get that information. <laughs> is water baptism a requirement for salvation? What about those who have never heard the, heard the gospel? What happens to them? That's a huge question yeah, that yeah. a lot of people have to ask. Oh, ab absolutely huge. Yeah. So of all the questions that you were asked, what was the most common question? Uh, variations on the, uh, knowing the will of the Lord. Uh, that that has to be the most common understanding God's will, knowing God's will for my life. Who am I going to who should I marry? Uh, what job you know, should I take this job versus that job? Um, and, and understanding gifting is is huge along those lines as well. What is God's will uh, for my life in terms of serving him in the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like a follow up podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah, it, 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 I, it could <laughs> be. be fun. Uh, yeah, so those are the, some of the questions. So what was the most difficult question, most challenging? I, I know that there are a lot of categories of questions that are challenging to answer, but what were the most challenging for you to dive into? Well, you know, as a pastor, I'm a fairly black and white thinker. I think you kind of have to be to be a Bible teacher. You, you, you deal with truth and you deal with information that the Bible conveys. I think the most challenging questions for any Bible teacher are the ones for which we don't have an answer. Uh, the, the questions that people have, the, and, and many times very burning questions, but where the Bible simply does not bring revelation uh, to that. And so... I learned early on that it, it's a it's a wise thing to respond with I don't know or the Bible simply doesn't say. But those are obviously the most challenging things because as a teacher, I want to give people information. I want to point them in the right direction. When I'm unable to to do that, um, it's it's challenging. But I learned something so important from Pastor Chuck Smith so many years ago. I used to hear him say, whenever you come against or come up against something for which you don't have an answer, 
fall back on what you do know for sure. And that is such, not just a comfort, mm -hmm. but a great piece of wisdom for uh, resting in the, um, the wisdom and sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. So that becomes an answer to the question, not necessarily the answer that they want from curiosity, but yeah. the answer that they need. Yeah. There, there are so many times I've directed people to the statement of Abraham in, I believe it's Genesis 18, where he um, talks about, uh, well, well, he's, he's um, having that conversation with the Lord about Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. Uh, I think I've got the right chapter That's there, true. but... but um, as, as, he's, as he's going back and forth about, uh, if you find so many righteous there, will you spare the city on their behalf? And there's this one statement that Abraham makes where he says, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And of course, it's a rhetorical question, but it, it, it demands the answer of yes. And, and there are times, many times, when we're asking questions in life that all we have to go on is the character of God. And we come back to that simple question, will not the judge of all the earth do right? And the answer is, yes, he will. And I have to be able to rest in that. Mm -hmm. Great, great, great response. I, I was reading this morning from uh, Exodus 34, where Moses wants to see the Lord's face, and he can't because it would destroy him. Uh, but then yeah. the Lord says, okay, I'll pass by you. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. I'll put my hand on you and my glory will pass right. by, but you'll not see my face. But in the next chapter, chapter 34, the Lord does reveal himself, not face to face in a physical way, but by revealing yeah. his name, the meaning yes. of his own name. And when Moses heard the name of the Lord, which is his character, he fell yeah. on his face before the Lord it was it was yeah. almost too much for him to handle to to actually yeah. hear from the lord's own mouth what he's like and oh yeah. my <laughs> i just thought this is this is worship for eternity right here what a great passage yeah it really is it really is so here here's an opportunity uh, paul and i ask uh, all my guests to do this uh, two, we call it the 2 minute drill I'd like to just take a couple okay. of minutes and, and, and just share from your heart to pastors uh, just uh, anything about pastoral ministry, something that will encourage them, or something specific to maybe you're called to write a book. Go. Sure. Um, we are living in very, very difficult times, as everyone knows, the challenges that believers have to stay on course and to stay faithful to the Lord are very many. The temptations that this world offers, the, the, the uh, twisted and perverted doctrines that are out there and being perpetrated, the winds of doctrine that are blowing are, are blowing heavier today than in many years past. And I think that there's just a great need among uh, pastors today to continue to be faithful in their own teaching and instruction of the Word of God. People need the Word of God today more than ever, and we need to stay faithful and not bow to the culture, not compromise to those winds of doctrine, to those leanings of uh, politically motivated ideologies that are constantly pressing in on pastors to try to do or say something that is more in keeping with the world rather than the word. And uh, just to be faithful, stay on course, don't deviate from the word to the right or to the left, but just keep going and uh, share what is in the Bible. Uh, that's all we need to give 
And that's enough. That's enough. Uh, I don't know if you were privy to uh, an article that was written by these guys that were trying to form an answer based on research and based on their own convictions. But why is it that we are uh, experiencing a serious decline in church affiliation and and membership, so to speak, uh, in these days? Mm -hmm. And why are there so many who once professed faith in Christ who are no longer professing faith in Christ. What happened to them? And it was interesting that part of their conclusion was that they needed the bar to be raised, not yeah. lowered. They, people needed yeah. to be challenged with the challenges that Jesus gave to his disciples. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If you seek to yeah. save your life, you lose it. If you seek to lose your life for my sake, uh, you'll find it. And those challenges to raise the bar, and there's nothing yeah. that raises the bar like the consistent exposition of the Word of God. And it has gotten unfortunately rare in this day and age to hear biblical exposition. And, and that's a, a, a message that has uh, come to me uh, many, many, many times over the years from people who have found us online and they're just absolutely blown away that there is a pastor or a church somewhere that is teaching through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, from Genesis to Revelation. Now, in the Calvary chapels, this is a fairly everyday thing. We know that uh, this is a hallmark of what it means to be a Calvary chapel, but there are so many other churches where they have just completely lost that whole idea of going through and teaching the Bible. They teach from the Bible or they preach from the Bible, but it's a hodgepodge of mix and match and cut and paste, and people don't learn any sort of consistent theological ideas that make their way through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And and that's the beauty of teaching expositionally. And I just, I wish more pastors would, would get a hold of that uh, idea uh, and, uh, and follow suit because it's so desperately needed today. Yes, I agree. And Pastor Chuck used to say something just like that was that the greatest need in the world is for the consistent expositional teaching of the Word of God. And many other yes, great amen. Bible expositors in histories have, have said the same thing. In fact, Mar uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Revival, uh, made a big yeah. deal about that. Uh, let's go back to the old wells and let's dig yeah. up the wells of our forefathers who taught the word of God and, and weren't ashamed of the scriptures. And let's, let's give the yes. people that and let's live it ourselves. Let's live radical lives. And so that the, the family that's thinking, oh, I don't know. Uh, travel ball on Sunday or church attendance, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, investing in this thing and that toy or uh, investing in the kingdom. You know, I mean, those kinds of questions, not that any of those things are necessarily wrong in and of themselves, but they become idols in our lives rather than, yeah. uh, you know, points of enjoyment along the way. But uh, man, yes, we yes. just need radical discipleship today. It comes from the word. Well, and I've learned that the more we teach through the Word of God and the more people get hooked on that sort of style of teaching, it creates its own draw for people to be in church. When they get hooked on the Scriptures, they want to come yeah. back. And it, it, literally, it literally creates its own magnetism 
uh, for people to be more consistent in their church attendance. Wow, I didn't know church could be such a thing. <laughs> you know, to <laughs> right. go and learn and grow and find something that I didn't know and then have the Spirit of God speak to me? How did the pastor know that about me? You know, <laughs> right. somebody must have exactly. talked to him before the, the service this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Common, common, common statement. Common statement, it really is. Well, our thanks to you, uh, Paul, for joining us today and really appreciate you and your ministry. And let's do this again by the will of God someday. I'd, that Those other topics that we, we touched on here are worthy for more consideration. I'd like to hear what you have to say about them. Thanks so much, Bill. You're welcome. Again, the book is called Pastor, I Have a Question. It's available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle formats. So thanks for being with us in this episode of Strength for Today's Pastor. This is a podcast of Poiman Ministries. It's a ministry that has a passion for church vitality and church revitalization. Our mission is to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches, and I hope you've been encouraged and strengthened today. I would encourage you to consider dipping into our growing catalog of past podcasts and to reach out to us if there's any way we might be of help to you in your ministry. So until next time, may the Lord richly bless and strengthen you by his great power and wisdom that comes from the word of God by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Pointman Ministries. You can find us at pointmanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or comment, or if you have a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at strongerpastors at gmail.com. That's strongerpastors at gmail.com. May the Lord bless you as you serve him, his pastors, and his church. His church.